Hi, and welcome to Bad Decisions. The show that helps us understand why we choose what we choose. Why we think what we think. And how to exploit this stuff for fun and commercial gain. That's Dr. Mel Weinberg. She's a performance psychologist. And that's Dan Monheit, co-founder of Hard Hat. And this is Cops. <laughs> All right, Mel, riddle me this. Yes? I am very, very lucky, fortunate, even hashtag blessed, some would say, to spend a pretty good portion of my day with pretty smart people. Lucky you. I know, it's pretty good. I wish you were like that for me. I'm uh, kidding, kidding all people I work with. Love you all. Jeez, and that's all we have time for today. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, one of the things that I honestly just cannot wrap my little head around is how seemingly, not even seemingly, actually really intelligent people still in 2019, almost 2020, put any weight or validity in what things like horoscopes say about them or like do shit and then be like, oh yeah, but sorry, I'm a Virgo. What do you want from me? No offense, Virgos. I, I don't even know what I'm that a means. Virgo. You're a Virgo. Yeah. Oh, well, That's that ex- awkward. That explains a lot. <laughs> it explains nothing. So basically you're saying like you can't believe that people can still be so stupid you, sometimes. Well, no, Smart I, people can be so stupid sometimes. Mm. I mean, Is that what you're saying? They're not my words, but let's say that's an easy conclusion to draw from what I've just described. Dan, what if I told you that there was a heuristic that could explain Surely it? Surely not. <laughs> Come on, there Surely is. Surely not all of our stupidity is explained by psychological heuristics. You know, given we're in front of the microphone, I feel like we should talk about it today. Uh, you know what? The, the timing could not have been better. In that case, let me introduce you and all of our listeners yes. to the Fora effect. The Fora effect. Yeah. Turn down the what? F O R E R, named after Bertram Fora. Bertie. <laughs> Old Bertie. Yeah. In uh, 1949. And the Fora effect describes the tendency for people to accept vague, ambiguous, general statements as descriptors of their unique personalities. <laughs> Would you believe? Awesome. There is a, that is totally a thing. So here's what Fora did in his classic experiment of 1949. I mean, if it's okay for me to yeah, yeah, indulge yeah. in some research. Please. Can I have some research music? It's alive! Such a Virgo. <laughs> anyway. Yep. So what Fora did in his classic psychological experiment was he asked his students, I think there were 39 of them, uh, 1949, that's a decent class size, and he asked them, he asked them to take a personality test. Mm-hmm. So they all took what they believed to be a, um, a personality test that was designed by their instructor, Bertie Fora. And then um, what he said was a week later, in the ne- when you come back for the next class, you're all going to be given um, a paragraph or a list of statements that describes your personality. And so they all thought, all right, this is cool, right? I'm getting my own, uh, you know, my own set of results. Awesome. So next week they all come to class and Professor Fora hands around the results to each individual. Here's what they receive. You have a great need for other people to like and admire you. You have a tendency to be critical of yourself. Mm-hmm. You have a great deal of unused capacity which you have mm-hmm. not turned to your advantage. Mm-hmm. While you have some personality weaknesses, mm. you are generally able to compensate for them. Mm-hmm. Disciplined and self-controlled outside, you tend to be worrisome oh. and insecure inside. Oh, you know, now look, <laughs> you know me so well. Now look, these are just five of the 
13 statements yeah. uh, that were given. But yeah. as you might have guessed, each student was actually given the exact no, same result. No, surely report. not. Yep. Each student was given the exact same unique yep. individual yep. personalised result. But here's, here's the cool bit. <laughs> yeah. Here's the cool bit. So they all read them. Yeah. And Professor Fora, or Bertie, as you seem to like to call him. <laughs> I only call him that once. Said, you seem to like calling him that. <laughs> he said Such to them all, um, hey, guys, just before we finish up, like, would you mind giving me a rating of how accurate you yeah. think this description is of you? How accurate is this description that says I'm pretty much awesome? Mm-hmm. I would say very accurate. And, of course, they all rated that, you know, this was a highly accurate description of themselves. Yeah. And then he, you know, revealed the deception and said, ha-ha, suckers, uh, you know, I've, you've all got the same thing. you all got the same, yeah. Yep, yep. And they never came to class again. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what Fora did. And so the Fora effect, as it was yeah. known at the time, um, described how people will just take anything that is positive about themselves. Right. Yeah. So then um, a few years later in 1956, uh, Paul Meal, um, who's pretty cool and his writing is quite sort of um, – funny and a little bit satirical for somebody who writes about some serious like psychological stuff so mm-hmm. if you're interested yeah, good read like an um, Paul Dr. Mill jeez yeah. oh, wow yep. um, uh, that's so positive and complimentary funny. wow that applies to me <laughs> I'm an Aries <laughs> um, Mill wrote a, a sort of um, follow up paper on it and he thought that um, rather than giving uh, Bertie Fora the credit for the effect that it should actually be termed the Barnum effect what yeah so he it was reminiscent to him the idea was reminiscent to him of P.T. Barnum who people might know from the Greatest Showman. Oh, it's like a circus dude. Yeah, yeah, so he was a circus owner and his whole um, formula for success was this idea that, you know, his his circus has something, a little something for everybody. Right. So it's sort of universally applicable. Oh, my God. So he everybody. basically, like, took some liquid paper, for those of you listeners old enough to know what that is, and just whited out Fora and just put in Barnum. And that's it. Everybody knows about this is the Barnum effect. He actually just said in his 1956 paper, like, I suggest that going forward we call this the Barnum effect. Oh, my effect. God, that is so <laughs> and outrageously now it is, disrespectful. And now it is referred to as the Barnum effect. Oh, my God. And the sorts of statements that he used yeah. uh, to illustrate the Barnum effect are referred to as Barnum statements. I just love that if this happened in Australia, he would be the Johnny Barnum. It would be the Johnny Barnum effect. We're not going to sit in silence. We're not going to I love that this is in the context of us talking about how really smart people can say really dumb what things. What do you mean? People like <laughs> Johnny Farnham. Johnny Barnum? Also. <laughs> it's like a more positive, introspective version of John Farnham. So it's the- like, maybe I really am the voice. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Yes. So these Barnum statements are yeah. things that are typically used um, in all sorts of ways yeah, um, so, to basically fool people. Right. So it's basically like you tell somebody something that sounds like it's profound and, and personalised. Yeah. But actually... It just applies to everyone. Yeah. I and reckon there... I could totally do these. Okay. Do you want to try? <laughs> okay. This is like what like crystal ball people and stuff do. Exactly. All right. We're going to do this. Uh, I'm going to have a crack at 2019, almost 2020 Barnum statements. Go. This should be fun. Uh, wait, but I can't just do it. I need your palm, please. Whoa. whoa that's interesting. Wow. That is interesting. The first thing that I can tell here. Do you do you sometimes feel that your barista is judging you when you order coffee in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that if you really look deep down inside, you know you should probably be plant-based but can't quite commit to that at this stage of your life? Oh, a little bit. Do you sometimes feel like you might have something stuck in your teeth, especially after eating meals containing quinoa? All the time. Do you ever find yourself looking at things on the internet when you know you actually should just be doing work? Guilty. Yeah. Well... Do you ever feel that you wear too much black? Mm, 
No. Sometimes. Sometimes. But yeah. other times you don't. Sometimes you just feel like wearing black, right? Yeah, I know it happens. But sometimes you wonder why you feel like that, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think I could do this. I think I could be a fortune teller. <laughs> so here's no, the your, your barista is definitely judging you, by the so way. So to make effective Barnum statements, you basically have to be as broad as possible. And there yeah. are key ways to do this, like writing at times yes. at the start of a statement. Yeah, that makes sense. Or couching something negative within a positive. So like while you mostly do this, you'll yes. sometimes do this. I mean, so the at times thing makes sense, right? Because really everyone is everything sometime. In the in the right circumstances, yeah. everybody feels self-conscious, everybody feels confident, everybody feels quiet, everybody feels gregarious. Yeah, in different contexts. So they're like, all we all have different versions yeah. of ourselves that come yeah. out. At um, times you feel unsure of whether you've actually taken the right steps in life. Like at times, yeah. Not <laughs> usually. Doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So look, so this is, I mean, typ- typically people will look at this and go, oh, yeah, this is horoscopes. Yes. Right? right, which it is. And interestingly, there was a study um, in 1971 um, by Silverman on, on this idea. Probably and, and 1971, golden age for horoscopes. I feel like people would have been very open-minded to such things then. Yeah, yep. sounds right. Yeah, we'll go with that. Cool. Yeah. So here's what he did in his experiment uh, to test the Barnum effect slash the Fora. The OG Just Fora effect. Have, yeah. have some respect. <laughs> what anybody think of Fora, please? So what Silverman did was he had 12 personality sketches, which might be like what you would find, you know, in the back pages of the Herald Sun. Do they still do that? I don't know. Anyway. A personality sketch is not like a drawing. It's like a, a written No, like a vignette. Of, a vignette yeah. Like a vignette. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's like to the lady version of Vine. And they gave people, they gave people the you know option to read through them and say, look, which one of these sounds most like you? Yeah. Okay. And people, they were just numbered one through twelve. Yeah. Okay. And people would pick the one that was most relevant to them, that they felt was most most best described them. Uh, but then there was another group of people who were given the same vignettes, if you will, and um, this time though they were each labelled with one of the star signs. And of course, it just so happened that people tended to default to pick the one that was their aligned star sign. Oh, so yeah. the description of me under the title of me seems to match sounds me. More, sounds sounds more like you. Than the other possible yeah. descriptions of me yeah. that are actually assigned to yeah. people not like me. Yeah. So people are really gullible. And that's what really the bottom effect does is it just plays on people's gullibility. Well, I mean, like you're gullible, yes. But, I mean, it seems like we're especially gullible or especially want to believe nice things about ourselves. Yeah. Because the alternative to being gullible is to be – realistic and say, no, I'm actually not generous at all. Yeah, and I'm an I awful person. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. Yeah, I don't and, even like me. And that's what this is all about. It's yeah. about your personal validation, right? Yeah. Feeling personally validated and feeling like you are understood and that your thoughts and emotions are accepted by other people. And that's something that from like an ego perspective yeah. is really important to us and to our development and to our sense of who we are. We are so fragile. Aren't we? Looking for validation on the back page of the Herald Sun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so he- <laughs> if that's where you got to go, that's fine. That's, you, that's what it you takes. You do it. So here's the thing. There are three sort of factors that can influence um, whether or not the bottom effect is going to be in play or whether people are going to fall victim to it. Yeah. Okay. So if you're a shy star and you really want to be uh, – Getting one over on people. These are the three things you <laughs> have to do really well to make sure. Here's how you works. really take advantage of people's gullibility yeah, by yeah. Dan and Mel. <laughs> yeah, oh god. So, Normally, I f- I don't feel awkward about this. You seem really into this. I feel kind of awkward. Yeah. Okay. Ethically. Yeah. Okay. Ethically, Who's wearing the ethical yeah, hat yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. All right. Look, I, I mean, if, if people are going to fall victim to this, I'm like, if people are dumb enough, like. You know, like we sort of said at the start. No, then, you said at the start. Then that's on them. That's <laughs> They're not on dumb. them. They're just victims of the Barnum effect. Do so, you know sometimes <laughs> really, really intelligent people, in fact, often very intelligent people can feel victim to the Barnum effect, especially if they're also generous. 
Is that what you've learned? I've learned that today. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. Give me the give me so, the magic three. So the first thing is that you have to believe, or the more that you believe that the statement applies only to you, yes, the the more the more likely you're going to fall for it. And so there's magic words like for you, yeah, which you'll see, yep, um, put out there, which just play on people's, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean. Like Spotify do a wonderful job of this. Like your daily playlist. Mm-hmm. Like it's we made this not, yeah. just for you. Like somebody who's been up all night basically listening to the whole internet. They've picked the 30 best tracks, put them together. Your name is on it. Go and enjoy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Netflix kind of did this as well with your personalized recommendations, which usually just because one of my kids watched something that I really have no interest in. But they're mm-hmm. trying. I appreciate that they're trying. They're trying. That's what they can. Yes. The next factor that influences is how much you believe in the authority of the person conducting the evaluation. Uh, so yeah, in yeah. Fora's study, all of his students believe that he is okay. Professor Fora, yeah, like yeah. he's hot shit, you know, yeah. like he's he's good at this, so he knows. So what he says must be true. Right. Oh, so this like manifests everywhere. If I think about fortune tellers and like those people really kind of hamming up and try and look kind of mystical and special because mm-hmm. that adds some authority to, mm-hmm. to them and makes you all want to believe. I also feel like, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I find it weird that when you go to the chemist or the, the pharmacy, that the person who who is like dispensing drugs to you, just for you, drugs just for you, mm. is like elevated on a platform. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you must you be on a stage? <laughs> like, there's no other retail environment that I go into where the person serving me is on a stage. You know, it's very Funny. unlikely to question them. Um, yeah, so I you find- yeah, so you believe that they are a figure who well, is worthy of being able to dispense yeah. these drugs, particularly for you. I'm sure there's nobody else no. in the world who takes these drugs. No, I mean those antihistamines, have, <laughs> which have come down from the stage to me, I couldn't challenge it. The, the other it's thing, like I, it's coming down from I know God from himself. God through my pharmacist <laughs> to me. Um, I, I also think it's really interesting. I, I don't know if it's still the cat. In fact, I think it is still the case when you go into a Foot Locker store. Uh, all the employees there wear polo shirts that make them look like basketball referees. Yep. The black and white stripes. Which, yep. like, everyone's just used to it, but it's kind of weird. Like, why would you dress your staff like a referee? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of this idea that Foot Locker is a multi-brand store. So there's Nikes and Adidas and mm. everything else in there. And so you kind of feel like the person serving you is neutral and an authority. It's supposed to be, yeah. Right? They're, they're neutral and they're an authority and they are basically going to give you the best decision that is right for you, that what you need from your footwear in this instance. Mm. Well played Foot Locker. Mm. So we had personalization, so just the for authority. you. We yeah. had authority. Yeah, and I mean, I'm Dr. Mel, so obviously everything that I say. Yeah. Yeah, because Absolutely. people believe in my authority. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. And it's all relevant to every single one of you out there. It's true. And the last one yes. is that it should be mainly positive because uh, what we talked about before, like our ego likes to be flattered. Yes. And that gets you a long way. So mainly positive traits that we talk about and sort of in a general ambiguous way. But, yeah, if we have some... Gen, uh, mostly positive traits, then we're able to tolerate some negative ones within that. Yeah. So it's like you're mostly generous and amazing but can be a little bit selfish. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, I'll own up to that. Yeah, I mean, that thing what you just did is actually called rainbow rusing where it's like – Oh, you, uh, excuse yeah, me? I know, I know. Excuse me? Yeah, it's like real street scammer stuff but it's like where you give people a personality attribute. Um, like what's the thing you just said? Well, I said like you're really generous and awesome oh. but can be selfish. Yeah, nice. yeah. So you give people mm. a, a attribute like you're really generous and awesome but then you also give them the exact opposite of that. Mm. You know, but sometimes you're this. Like you're really, really outgoing. You like making new friends, but sometimes you just want to be by yourself. Yeah. It's like everybody can subscribe <laughs> everybody to that. Everybody fits into that. Yeah, but as long as it's overridingly positive, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess where we see this everywhere is in things like product descriptions. I always find it's weird that all moisturizer is for people with sensitive skin. <laughs> like, is there anybody going, no, my skin is just like hard as fuck. I don't need your sensitive, sensitive moisturizer. I, I can just want it. to be treated gently. Though. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what everybody, everybody says. Yeah. And I think 
you know, the athletic apparel categories are really interesting place <laughs> yeah. for this as well. Where like if you look at, I don't know, um, like uh, long sleeve t-shirts for running, like in winter, obviously mm-hmm. wearing long sleeves in winter. And it's like, you know, this is a garment for people who know that bad weather is no obstacle for a good training program or for yeah, people who know that, that pain is just weakness leaving the body. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is totally me. I am that runner. I know yeah. that bad weather is no excuse for a good yeah. training program. Yeah. That top has clearly been made for me. Yeah. And look, we see this sort of, we see the Barnum effect come into play in all sorts of different circumstances. And one of them, like with horoscopes, like a, a part of it is just for entertainment value, right? Yeah. Like, have you ever done those, um, you know, those tests online, like the, which which personality type are you or which Harry Potter character are you? Yeah. You ever done those? Yeah. Yeah. Not the Harry Potter have one. You? I actually haven't seen Harry Potter. So I figure unless I got Harry, I would not need to know who, who <laughs> okay. it was. Could I be Harry? But I imagine that most people listening would be familiar with the sort of test yeah, that we're I'm, talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to keep doing the test until I get the person that I want. <laughs> Well, you can because most of the time you'll score something different on these tests every time you do them, yes. <laughs> which is a testament to the point I'm about to make about their validity or lack thereof. No, surely but- the which Harry Potter character are you is not <laughs> I'm just, invalid look, from a psychologist's perspective. I'm not going to go into Don't it. Don't wave that Dr. Card around like that. <laughs> I'm not right? going to go into Those it. Those tests are highly researched. But something like people will sometimes pay a lot of money for these sorts of tests. Yeah. Like people might be familiar with the Myers-Briggs Mm-hmm. Inventory, which yeah. is promoted as a psychological assessment or a common personality assessment. It's used often in hiring, recruiting, these sorts of things. Um, uh, but basically what it does is it asks people asks people some questions and then puts them into one of 16 categories and gives you a code for that. So, for example, you might be an INTJ um, or you might be an ESFP. Oh, yeah. Right? And so this, this four-letter code, is, is yeah. that's yours, right? Yeah. And you just happen to share it with a lot of other people. Yeah. But there are 15 other different. Type. Yeah. So you feel special enough to feel that it's your category, yeah. but also different enough to everybody else, yes. right? Because there are so many different options. And these, I mean, it's it's commonly believed that the Myers-Briggs test is helpful or useful in some regard, but uh, in reality, and without going into too much detail, it's not that much different uh, to a horoscope, but people tend to believe oh. it and people will identify very strongly wow. with their result on Gloves the Myers-Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> and they, look, there's lots that you can read about that if you're interested, um, but it does speak to just because there is a personality test out there and it seemed, I mean, the Myers-Briggs is known to not be just in defense of all psychologists out there. The Myers-Briggs was not developed by psychologists. Mm. So when we're talking about measuring personality, um, there are a lot of different tests that we use and their aim is typically to discriminate between people and to recognize individual differences rather than chucking people into groups, which I'm personally not a fan of. Right. But that's my little So we're meant to discriminate more or not discriminate more? Well, I'm just saying that, um, that it's the intention I, behind one, the test. I'm very anti-discrimination. You should know. <laughs> but when I'm saying discriminate, I mean looking at looking at understanding differences between people, and that's what's key, rather than looking at what's similar between people and chucking them into a group and then giving them advice that they're all going to take as their own because they feel special. Right. Okay. So personality tests are fine as long as they've been developed and issued by trained registered psychologists. Yeah. And as an authority well, figure in the a area. Weird, that's a, that's a weird <laughs> view for you to hold. So you as a psychologist think that personality tests developed by psychologists are superior to persona- personality tests developed by people who are not psychologists. Yes. It's so weird how even smart people are affected by this. Do you this. have anything else to say that would help us <laughs> to finish off this episode? Yeah. yeah you want to get out of here. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think the takeaways here from a marketing perspective are pretty straightforward. Like if you can wrap your product up in a way that is kind of personalized and coming from a position of authority and is kind of flattering for people, like this is a product for people who aspire for greatness, like mm. you have to do it from a credible place. It's going to do well. And it and it's almost meaningless what thing you pick it as. Like I was imagining before if I was going to start a range of peanut butter, mm. right? So, so get this, like I could just say I have 
really good peanut butter. You should come and buy it. It's natural. Mm-hmm. But I could say Dan's peanut butter is made for choosy mums. Mums who know what's best for their kids. They want mealtime to be fun, great tasting, and memorable. Well, that's the sort of mum that I want to be. Yeah. So but I'm going to buy what? Dan's peanut butter. I also have another product. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, an alternative way that this could map out, which is Dan's peanut butter made especially for choosy grandpas. <laughs> grandpas who know what's best for their grandkids. They want mealtime to be fun, great tasting, and memorable. That's the grandpa <laughs> kind of grandpa I want to be. Yeah. You see, it's, <laughs> Dan's peanut it's butter crazy. sounds amazing. It kind of doesn't matter, but as long as it's for someone and you just kind of put it out there and let people connect themselves to it, yeah. uh, if it's positive, people will. Uh, it's really going to stand out a lot more than something that doesn't offer such a thing. Yeah. The other thing I think about from a like B2B sales perspective is one of the things I've learned over the years is that if we go in and meet a client and they sort of tell us all of their problems and what they're trying to achieve, if we can come back and articulate the problem or the opportunity in a really positive, flattering way, better than anybody else, mm. we are 90% there. Okay. So, yeah, if we can understand what the issue is and say, so, yeah, but, you know, really that the problem here is that you have all of this greatness, it just can't get out, mm. right? But it has to feel real. It has to feel researched. There actually has to be some greatness that you dig up from their past or their DNA. That is usually music to a prospective client's ears because, mm-hmm. yeah, they can see the vision for that. They want to align with that and, and yeah. go on your way. Yeah. And look, I think from a personal perspective or from an individual perspective, this is about the need to feel validated and the need to feel validated by somebody who you think is important. Right. But maybe if we if we can focus more on self-validation or looking at who is important to us and looking at how we can get our validation needs met mm-hmm. uh, in other ways, then maybe we'll be less likely to be insecure. And it's the insecurity that makes us more vulnerable to this Barnum effect. Right. Well, that's it's a, it's a nice feeling to end so, on. Yeah. All right. So Barnum effect, actually, Fora effect. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... I think it has been called the Barnum Fora effect. Oh, my God. That's just embarrassing. It should at least be Fora Barnum. Exactly. Anyway, all right. So the three core things, make it personalized, uh, make it come from a position of authority, make it flattering, people will come along for the ride. Yeah. You guys are awesome listeners. Every single one of you is actually really special to us and really fantastic. What I find, actually, is that it's only super intelligent people that enjoy this show. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. The nicest Uh, people in the world. Yeah. Mm. Okay. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Peace out.